You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. There were two stock exchange news service announcements pertaining to the Signia Group this week. One was on the 7th, and that was the company's results. And the other one was yesterday, I think it was. And that mm-hmm. was to do with Magda Vyazichka being appointed executive chair of the company. And it seemed to me that the media was a little bit over the top with its assessment of this particular announcement. So let's start with that one. With me now is Magda Vyazichka, the founder and newly appointed executive chair of the Signia Group. It was quite a strange reaction, I thought, from a couple of media outlets, Magda. Were you surprised? Oh, completely. I mean, I, I, I do kind of, you know, and I don't often play the woman card, but, you know, these transitions from particularly in founder businesses, you know, where the CEO transitions into a role of a chairman, and then, I mean, it has happened with Christo Visa, it has happened with Yanni Mouton, it has happened with Raymond Eckerman, it has happened with, you know, Donald Gordon at Liberty, you know, when it's a man doing it, it just doesn't seem to catch media's attention. Uh, But I do often feel that, you know, slapping my picture on an article is a little bit of a clickbait. Um, And suddenly it seems to be big news, whereas, you know, one would have assumed that, you know, because my role as a CEO came to an end at the end of May, on me. So transitioning into the chairman role was always on the cards. Um, I didn't think it was, none of us actually thought it was a big issue. Um, but the media seemed to have um, thought it was. Yeah, I don't understand that. It's a perfectly natural progression, I would have thought, from founder of the company to and, and CEO of the company uh, to moving on to other things still associated with the company and also with your personal finances and personal life. Yeah, Brian Joffe's done it, I, I think. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's perfectly normal. And when we talked off air yesterday, you, you talked about the clickbait issue and you said just earlier on <laughs> you didn't want to play the female card, but you do know why people do it, don't you? You, you do understand that you are a, a marketable commodity when it comes to the media well i think i think i'm i'm starting to realize that i think you know when you look at um a front page of electronic you know newspaper and you see three photographs of yourself in three different articles at the same time <laughs> you know that there is a reason and that is because clearly people are clicking <laughs> uh, so, so it's perfectly fine i i just think you know You know, sometimes these announcements are, you know, kind of counterproductive because as much as I've rotated into the role of a chairman and obviously, you know, I own 63.8% of the company. So I always will have kind of a casting vote on after a robust debate on the strategy of the business, Um, you know, and and hence the title of executive rather than non-executive because other directors felt that their role is different, you know, or my role is different to this. You know, I, I don't want for a second to create an impression that I'm going to be managing Signia on a day-to-day basis. I've, you know, we've appointed an incredibly capable CEO. He has full discretion to run the business and is doing so uh, without my involvement and he uses me as a sounding board. So with all these headlines, it it somehow creates an impression that, you know, potentially I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm reluctant to leave the scene. Whereas that is not the case at all. Uh, you know, David I mean, it's Hutton your baby. I mean, come on now. Sydney no, is your baby, baby and you've, you've, you've watched it grow up and it's not, it's not an adolescent anymore. It's now growing into, um, into, into adult life. So, so whoever takes charge of it, you have to, I don't think you have to sort of administer or steward that person, but I'm sure in the background, if something you, if there was something you really didn't <laughs> like, you'd say, listen, don't you think we should do this? Is that the case or not? Um, you know what? It is and it isn't depending on the issue. So if it is a strategic issue, absolutely. You know, if it is reorganizational issue internal to the business where he feels that, you know, certain operational areas might be run, you know, more efficiently in different ways, then he's got absolute full discretion and I'm not involved in those decisions. And that's a very conscious decision, you know, and, and the reason is that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, you know, I'm in my element when I start businesses. I'm surrounded by a small group of people. We all brainstorm ideas. Everyone does everything. You know, we make mistakes. We reverse course. Um, you know, Signia is not about that anymore. We are a medium sized financial services company, which requires rigorous management processes, administration. And, you know, that is not in my DNA, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I can't think of, you know, I just don't have that skill set to, or attention span to sit in a five hour administration and operational meeting. Um, and then, and hence it would be unfair if I'm not prepared to put in the time to then be the person that overrules people who have sat through the meeting, thought through all the issues and came up with an operational strategy for the business. And hence, I've said, you know, I will be involved where my skills are best utilized. So what are you? You're an ideas person rather than somebody that can concentrate. Yeah. I mean, you, you have a, almost yeah. an attention yes. deficit disorder, whatever they call it. I've Is that always, what you're saying? No, I've always, I've always defined it. You see, a little, little uh, you know, a little bit more politely by basically saying I have the attention span of a fruit fly. So... Can I sit through a conference and listen to presentations not a chance? I always say, give it to me on a PowerPoint slide in five points. And the points that interest me, I will research in yes. depth on my own time, in my own way. So even when I was at school, um, you know, Pretoria Gulf High, uh, I was given special dispensation to sit at the back of the class and work through the textbook myself at my own pace, in my own way rather than listening to the teacher. Um, and, you know, still came out with top marks and was my valedictorian, if I can go back so far <laughs> into my history. Uh, but, you know, I, I have a kind of a different way of, of thinking. Um, and hence, you know, I was the first person to recognize that Signia needs and deserves more professional management. Mm. And hence, you know, I brought... David on board six years ago and groomed him into this role. So I'm hardly going to start undermining that position now. That's a very progressive stance that Pretoria Girls High introduced to, to say that not everybody is the same. So you can do Magna Vizichka, you can do it your way. And um, the other children, maybe they respond to a sort of a mass teaching mm -hmm. approach. And I think that in the future, education should be more tailored, more bespoke rather than off the shelf, if yeah. you like. 
So I think, you know, I don't know if there were that, you know, I, I think I was this weird immigrant child that didn't speak any English. So they weren't paying that much attention to me. And <laughs> when I said I want to sit at the back of the class and read short, maybe they assumed that, you know, my English isn't strong enough to follow what they're saying. Um but I think that, you know, looking at the education system now, I think, look, there obviously are programs that allow for different ways of educating kids. And I certainly responded better to kind of being self-taught than at my own pace, mm. than, than listening to, to a structured approach. Yes, exactly. As a one-size-fits-all thing, which didn't work for me either. Uh, Just before we get on to the important set of results that were released on the 7th of this month, I do remember distinctly sitting in your office with your husband and we're talking about certain matters and you walked in after a three or four hour meeting and you were clearly a little bit frazzled because as you've just described you don't like being in these meetings you haven't got that sort of a mind that can focus on all this blathering that people come out with during these meetings and you just said get out I mean, you didn't say it nastily, but you said, would you mind leaving? And then you, you, you lay down on your, on your well-appointed chaise longue, I think it is, in your, and, and, and promptly fell asleep. And I thought, well, that's, 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 that's unusual, but yeah, well done. Possibly, possibly. I mean, I, I don't sleep a lot during the night. Mm. So, you know, I've got one of the most chronic insomnia. Uh, things that, you know, I actually have it now after many years. I have a neurologist who's treating my insomnia and he did say I've got the worst case of insomnia he's ever encountered, which is actually overproduction of adrenaline, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, so, so potentially, potentially, but then that, that would have been a five minute nap of, or, or maybe just closing my eyes and processing all the information. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very funny and very entertaining, and I down out on that story occasionally. Okay, let's look at your financial results, Magda, because assets under management for the six months ended 31st of March came in at 278.3 billion versus the previous mm-hmm. year's 217.7 billion, up nearly 28%. Mm-hmm. How much of that was money coming yeah. in, and how much was that was, was market performance? So we've had, you know, quite strong and very strong actual inflows, which I think was kind of missed in this noise around executive chairman. We've had very, very strong inflows, almost 9 billion rands worth of inflows into our retail market, into our retail uh, products. Yes. Um, we also have had, you know, almost 5 billion rents worth of inflows into our institutional products, which is, you know, given what the institutional market is going through, which is a shrinking market, you know, that's retirement funds, people being retrenched, uh, companies closing and downscaling. Um, it was also extraordinary. We haven't lost any clients during that period. We have seen some outflows from the institutional side of the business. But again, that's retrenchments within retirement funds, you know, whose assets we administer. Um, and then the, the balance of it, obviously, you know, there was a very strong market tailwind, which lifted our assets under management. But clearly, it's a very significant rise in assets, very much so. uh, which is very pleasing. Yes, it is indeed. Profit from operations uh, up 19.4%. 
profit after tax up, up 16% NAV, and, and so it goes on. And you describe yourself as a medium-sized uh, asset management company now. What's the goal with you mm-hmm. and your, your team? Obviously, you're, you're not hands-on every single day, but you must have a, a vision to become a large asset manager. Or don't you have those aspirations? You know, I mean, there are two answers to it. And one is that, you know, we're not purely an asset management company. So we are transitioning into, and, and we have positioned ourselves intentionally as a financial services group. So in addition to obviously, offer, I mean, at the core of everything you do is asset management, but we obviously have things like a LISP platform. We have an umbrella fund. We have various preservation funds. We have stockbroking business. We have an exchange traded funds business. So I think we are much broader a company than, you know, a company such as 91 or Coronation where, you know, and, and where we are often compared to. So, so our aspirations are really to transition into a large financial services group rather than a large asset manager, if, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and, the, and there is a strategy behind it because I think, you know, the, the markets are changing. So institutional money is moving, increasing retirement funds, standalone retirement funds are collapsing into umbrella funds. So if you are not off and, and the net beneficiaries of that have been insurance companies um, because they were first out of the blocks to offer umbrella fund arrangements, you know, these collective pools of retirement funds. Um, so, for instance, that's a space that 91 and Coronation don't play in. We introduced and started our umbrella about five years ago, and we are now the sixth largest umbrella fund in South Africa. Um, so I like to play to the market dynamics. And the market dynamics in South Africa are definitely changing. Um, you know, so, so in, institutional in what way? market. Uh, please explain that. So the, institution, so the institutional market hmm. is, as I said, folding. So, so the number of standalone retirement funds, if you look back to 10 years ago, there were 15, over 15,000 standalone retirement funds. We are now um, down to just, I think, under 1,000. So you can see, and, and because all of them have collapsed into umbrella funds. Um, so, you know, that is one trend. The fact that the economy isn't growing, and that talks to your business strategy, the fact that the economy isn't growing means that, you know, to grow on the institutional side of the business, you basically have to take assets away from your competitors. Now, how do you do that? Two things, performance investment performance, and then management fees. So that's the next big trend that is happening, you know, in the market. And that is a move away from high uh, management fee products to low management fee products, which, you know, happens to coincide with move from active to passive. Yes, you've been a fees crusader for quite a while now, and you're well known for it. And, you, and you're, some people I speak to uh, consider you to be a disruptor, and of course you are a disruptor, mm-hmm. but they consider it, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, disruptive in a, in a negative way, because obviously they then have to follow and cut their fees as well. Do you consider yes. yourself to be a crusader yes. in this regard? I like the word crusader because I've, I, but, but the crusader, you know, I've always been a crusader for consumer education. So the one thing that, you know, I'm not going to say passionate about because I'm actually, it's more irritated about is that people, individuals don't take more responsibility 
and more interest in the financial affairs. So, you know, I always compare it to the fact that, you know, when you go and buy a new car or a microwave, you will spend enormous amount of time debating the merits of different microwaves. Mm. And it's a family decision. And at the end of the process, you know, everything about that microwave or about the car that you have bought. Um, but when it comes to deciding on your investment strategy and savings and how your money is invested, people tend to not educate themselves. They, they tend to just, you know, hopefully appoint an advisor who might or might not. So, so again, you know, there are independent advisors where at least you are in good hands in terms of they're not tied to any particular company, but many people appoint tight agents. So, so, financial advisors associated with one insurance company and their savings, which, you know, arguably are much bigger expenditure item than a microwave, gets then put into products where fees, you know, exceed 3% per annum. And, you know, they, they're completely oblivious to this. They don't ask the right questions. They don't ask the right questions because they don't educate themselves at about finance, yeah. but they educate themselves about, you know, microwaves. Yes, but on the so other hand, Magda, yeah, the financial, yeah, sorry <laughs> to interrupt you, but the financial services industry is peppered with acronyms and people tend to yeah. put themselves forward as brain surgeons when it comes to financial services, where in fact it's very simple. Mm -hmm. You buy something cheap, you sell it high and you get charged yes. a reasonable fee for the services yeah. of the people that you employ. So mm. but people get confused. That's why I try on my, my yes. podcasts to say when someone says GDP, I say, wait a second, what do you mean by GDP? And they say what gross domestic product. It means how much the, the local economy has, has yeah. grown. Keep it simple and I think that's what you try to do 100%. at Sydney. Hmm. So, so that's exactly what we, you know, when we started Sydney in 2006 and there were six of us sitting around the boardroom table and a whiteboard and we had no business model and we basically said, what can we do that is different? Because, you know, we, we can't compete by imitation, so we need to innovate and I basically then said, okay, what can we change? One was obviously the issue of fees, but the other thing was the issue of the use of jargon. You know, and again, you know, I've been a business development marketer, salesperson, call it what you like, for 25 years of my career. And I've made it a point right from the beginning to speak in simple English. Yes. Use simple words. You know, nothing annoys me more, again, going to my attention deficit disorder, of sitting <laughs> in presentations by asset managers who are flashing one chart after another, throwing around, you know, acronyms, jargon. It's actually incomprehensible. So an average, I can't follow most of it. So if I can't follow most of it, I can't expect, you know, an average a layperson to follow it. So we have made it a point, even in the way we deal with our own clients and the report back presentations we give to clients, to make everything a story and to make it as simple and as understandable as possible. Mm. And I've always said, you know, the biggest challenge for us in any presentation we do is that I want people in the room, even if their day job is, you know, be able to, over Sunday lunch, take three points about investments or the economy or politics and be able to sound clever to their friends yes. because they understood up, 
a, you know, presentation and they went, wow, that's interesting. And now I'm going to sit over Sunday lunch and sound really clever by being able to repeat exactly what I've heard. And I understand what I've heard. And I'm now sounding really impressive to my family <laughs> and friends. Um, and that's the challenge I have said to everyone at Signias right from the beginning. Yes, and also not just in the presentation, but also the presentation of the product itself. In other words, this is what you're buying. This is what we aim to do. This is how much we're going to charge you. This is what it mm -hmm. did last year. All that yeah. stuff, because the reams and mm -hmm. reams of yeah. stuff that I, yeah. I, I, I don't read it anymore. I, I, I don't look at it. I mean, there are certain mm -hmm. large financial institutions in South Africa, when they come out with their results, I despair. I hold my head in my hands and say, mm. what on earth <laughs> are you talking about? It's 200 pages. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What's your, what's your latest crusade? Are people still following you? Um, are you looking in your rear view mirror of your motor car, looking for people in dark glasses following you? Are your phones still oh. being tapped? What are you doing right now? No, no, you know, I, I take it as a very positive sign that the two ladies from um, state security that used to welcome me at Cape Town Airport whenever I used to fly in from overseas yes. and they were under orders to hassle me for exactly an hour. So for exactly an hour, every piece of underwear would be taken out of my suitcase and waved for everyone to see. Um, so those two ladies have been withdrawn. <laughs> I mean, look, they, they weren't even pretending to be customs. So, so you know, I knew them by name. So, so no one was pretending that they were not state security sent there because I was on the passenger list and they were there to hassle me. So, so you know, that was, that was, you know, entertaining. But I took great comfort from the fact that they're no longer there. Um, so, so, no, I'm not looking in my rear view mirror. Um you know, and, and I've kind of made a conscious decision that, you know, I've played a particular role at a time where loud voices against corruption and Zuma's leadership, you know, that we need it. And I, you know, and I think that that role has now been overtaken by events. You know, we've had PRC Commission of inquiry. We have the Zonda Commission. We have a functioning NPA. So, you know, I don't need to play that role now. Um, I would much rather, given that that role was, I mean, yes, it was, you know, driven with tension, but it was also a very negative role and I'm a very positive person. So I've decided that, you know, really my next iteration is looking forward and looking at positives and trying to make a positive contribution rather than looking in the rear mirror and criticizing corruption in South Africa. I think we, we see it. We see in plenty of it. Um, so really, you know, my next um, chapter is going to be about contributing positively to the growth of South Africa and, and passing on my skills where I can pass on those skills um, and perhaps building a few more businesses Very in good. this country. And well, I look forward to the development of, of Signia and talking to you about it in the future and your relatively new CEO. And I also look forward to talking about your next iteration, your next role, your next crusade, whatever it might be. Magda, thank you very much for your time. That's Magda Vierzyczka, who is the executive chair of the Signia Group. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.